Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Kasaba. Holy crap, do we have a fired up guest tonight. Daniel G is in the house and I have so many questions and I know you're going to bring the fire because every single thing that I have ever watched or seen from you is just over the top, spot freaking on. I mean, you you say everything that any leader in sales wants to say to their team. So thank you for that because <laughs> we can we can just send your reels to our people. Yes, yes, um, yes. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And I think the beauty of it is like, you know, I, it's, it's almost like a love-hate relationship. So I could be the tough lover yeah. you know, to some people and people can use me as that tough lover because you know this, it's a volunteer sport. Sales is just a volunteer sport. So, you know, some people you know, just don't got to work, but I got to be the tough lover around to everybody, but super excited to be here. So I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I, fr- I love your energy. Oh my God. Um, so let's dig in. I asked you a couple questions right before we hit record, but I want the backstory, right? Sure. Like you've been hustling from a young age. I love that. I can relate to it so much. You know, I was buying penny candy, marking it up, selling it to my friends when I was seven years old. How did your career start? What did it look like? It's so radically fast and so radically different. And I would love for you to throw out some numbers too, because, you know, when people don't know who they're listening to, sometimes that gives, you know, the credibility for like, hello, people listen up. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it's, it's interesting because in, in the perception of people that just came into my audience now, and now it just means in the last couple of years, the last year or two years, like yourself, uh, the, the, the number one thing is like, man, it happened so quick. And to me, I say, <laughs> well, if they just knew because, right. um, you know, I've been at sales ever since I was 14 years old. And I don't mean like, yes, I've been selling candy since I was eight. So yeah. I know everybody has a candy sales job. I get that. Like, I know everybody been selling whatever, like I was selling, you know, CDs when I was young, I would, we would burn CDs and we'd sell them at school for, you know, $5 and bring them for a pop on, you know, limelight and Kazan light and these, you know, illegal, DVD companies online, but I really got into sales when I was 14, like direct sales, door to door sales for a company. When I was 14 years old, I got the job by, uh, you know, always just thinking about money. And that's super important because some people just don't think about money. When my parents split up, my whole focus was this because my aha moment was when my dad was getting me no money to take my girlfriend at the time out for the movies. When I asked him for 20 bucks, he didn't give me 20 bucks. So I said, okay, money's going to become a problem here. Okay. So I always thought about money. And the moment I got into high school, I was grade nine. And when you're focused on money and opportunity, you see money and opportunity. When you're focused on safety and security, you miss by opportunity 24 seven. Yeah. So because I'm focused on money, how do I make a dollar, $5, $20? Nobody would hire me. I'm 14 years old at the time. I didn't even get a job at McDonald's, KFC, uh, would lie, use my brother's name in the resume. They rejected me. So I remember walking down my foyer in my high school, third floor, going down to the first floor at 12 o'clock at lunch. And there's a sign that says, if you want to make uh, a, th- a $500 to $1,000 on the weekend, sign up here in the middle of our lot. Wow. So yeah, that's the sign me up. Sign me up. So, and it's crazy because. We have never been programmed to chase opportunity, look at opportunity. And 99% of my high school walked by that freaking side. Right. And, and uh, I never get skeptical now about cynics. Like, oh, why are people cynical about business? Because I've seen a quick glimpse of cynics 
when I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. walking by a sign that says 500 to $1,000, 99% of the high school walks by that sign. I know we were programmed to be cynics about large amounts of money right. or something out of the norm about what school teaches you. I don't even know how those people got their sign up in that school. I got to ask. Yeah, them. yeah. I yeah. I'm but, curious too. But uh, I actually think they shut yeah. down because they were not allowed to hire people legally under 16 years old. So I think that company shut down. <laughs> So I went to the sign and said, dude, what do I got to do to sign up here? I will do anything. You asked me to dance, sing, walk up and down here for a thousand dollars a week naked. I will do it. Tell me what I got to do. I will do it. Yeah. It's like, no, don't got to do none of that. Sign up here. We'll pick you up Saturday morning. You have to do this door to door job. We'll teach you. It's called aeration. So I started selling aeration services when I was young. It was uh, I, I grew up in Toronto, Canada. We had bad winters in Toronto, Canada. So because of the bad winters, the grass of homeowners would get destroyed. So this right. service would poke holes in people's grass, allow it to breathe, et cetera. So I'd go door to door selling kind of like this lawn mowing service, but aeration service door to door. And uh, no better way to learn. No better way to learn. Hardest right? way to get thrown out with a machine and be like, hey, go make some money. Yeah. My first weekend, I, I remember coming home, telling my dad, hey, listen, you know, I just made like, you know, 500 or 600 bucks on a Saturday night, like one Saturday night. This is 15 years ago, 29 now. I'm saying 14 years when I was 14 years old. So this was 15 years ago. And uh, ever since then, I just knew that there was a flaw in people's messaging, meaning mm-hmm. the messaging was always go to college and go to university to become successful. And then when I reverse engineered that, when I was young, I'm 14 at this time. That's how I, I had my breakthrough and my aha moment at 14. Some people I have it, it. 18, 25, 35. Mine, mine clicked at 14. I'm like, we're being effed because yeah, totally. I'm like, wait, I made $600 and my parents are telling me go to college and university. And the only reason why they're telling me that is to make a lot of money. They're not saying to be aligned and spiritually aligned and do what right. you they're saying, go to college and go to university to get a good job to make some good money. Right. And I was already doing that. I'm like, wait, wait, if I just repeated this every single week and making a thousand dollars on the week and repeat it by four, making $4,000 a month. So that was sort of my kicker to be like, okay, let me chase curiosity. I wasn't passionate about sales. I think being passionate about sales is a myth. I think majority of people just fall back into sales. Um, and I think my hunger outweighed my passion. Mm. And I think okay. passion in sales is just a bonus. So if somebody is watching this on this podcast and they're like, well, yeah, but I'm really not passionate where I am right now. Hunger should always outweigh your passion in the beginning stage. Mm -hmm. And the kicker, passion is the cherry on top. So if somebody is passionate watching this and hungry, then there's no reason as to why you like, if you are passionate about your health shakes, uh, the clothes that you sell, the, the real estate that you sell then there's no reason why you can't become successful because passion just like adds to the formula. I was not passionate about knocking on doors and aerating. Right. But you were hungry. You were hungry. And I feel like that's kind of the missing piece, right? Because in my direct sales job, lots of people are are in it because they're passionate about health and wellness and changing people's lives. And they've got this heart for it but they don't have the hunger for the possibility because they don't Mm -hmm. believe, right? I mean, it's so interesting when you said the skeptics, you know, the 99% that walks by the sign, I'm like naturally like the 1% that sees it and go, that's possible. Right. Like, and that builds my hunger, right? Like I go after it. Yeah. But how do we help the 99%? How do you help them develop the hunger? You know, I do a ton of vision work and, and morning process so you can see it, so you can feel it every day, so you can get after it. But there seems to be this huge freaking disconnect. Well, 
here's the the kicker with this. The first thing is with the with the cynical individuals. Some people even watching this right now don't even know they might be sitting inside of an opportunity and they still may be a cynic themselves. So I'll tell you what I mean. Some people are like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not a cynic, but wait. And then they realize they attract so many cynics inside of their business or skeptics inside of their business. And I still say, whoever you are, you usually project it and you usually receive it back inside of your business. So if you are a cynic, you may not think it because you're like, no, I'm in a network marketing business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not a cynic. I'm part of a business right now. Right. And, but you're like, why do I attract so many skeptics and so many cynics inside of my business? Well, sometimes we don't think we're cynical, but we are. So for example, I have a friend that's in a network marketing company. I come home from a network marketing event one day from a whole different event, go train this company. They always give me products. So they gave me a bunch of products. I go home one day, I meet up with my friend the next day. I'm like, Hey, you should take these, you know, these fitness shakes and these health shakes. You know, some people gave them to me. I always have extra products. Go take these. Right. She's like, you're calling me fat. I'm like, no, just be quiet. <laughs> Good for your gut health. And she's like, uh, you know, I don't really want it. I said, whoa. So you see what's happening right now? She said, what? I said, last week, you just asked for people that you don't want cynical people inside of your business, but you're closed-minded when it comes to another product yourself. I said, I said, if you want open-minded prospects, you have to be open-minded to everything that you receive inside of your life and not judge right up front, or you will attract that inside of your business. You will always attract closed-minded individuals, individuals inside of your business. So I said, just watch because sometimes you don't think you're a cynic and you're attracting a lot of cynics, but right. you could be minded and cynical yourself to about things, right? You That's like for asking, right? Brain exploding right now. Brain exploding because I am so freaking. I mean, I've obviously had radical success in the, in the business, but I am so passionate and such a believer and so hungry. But I absolutely am cynical about outside opportunities, about competitors. Right. And that just totally clicked for me. That makes total sense. And the, the, the balance between that is Daniel, but I work for this company. That's my competitor. Yes, I agree. So the balance is this, instead of judging, ask before you judge. So instead of saying, no, that doesn't work out or that company's not good. Do ask some more questions because that is what creates somebody that's open-minded. Yeah. Somebody that's open-minded says no right away. Somebody that's open-minded be like, oh, cool, wicked. What company? Nice. What are their ingredients? What do yeah. they do? Awesome. But you can see somebody that's closed-minded by the energy that they give you with the answer attached to it. So it's almost like, no, 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 no. Oh, look at the energy. It's closed off. Yeah. Negative. The energy shifted a little bit. So you'll inevitably attract a lot of those people inside of your business. Mm -hmm. An open-minded person tracks a lot of open-minded individuals always. First thing. Uh, and I think the second way uh, to... What were, were we on? We were talking about, we cynic. were talking about like that hunger, like how to build that oh, hunger. You know, people might have the passion, but not the hunger. Yeah. So I think this is another thing I think with hunger is to me, I always feel like money is a motivator within itself inside of sales, especially inside of network marketing. To me, I cannot force somebody to want to make a lot of money. I can only find people that want to make a lot of money. Mm. And some leaders get caught up in this, but how do I push this girl to want to make a lot? How do I force this girl to want to make a lot? And then I say, well, watch where you deplete your energy inside a business because sometimes you don't want to deplete your energy through forcing. You want to deplete your energy through finding. And mm, I don't want to convince somebody or force somebody that they should want to make more money if they're one of my sales reps. I got to find people that are already hungry enough to make a lot of money. And I got to tell my team that off the get-go. My team is, yeah. my job is not to force you guys to make a lot of money. My job is to show you what's possible show you the compensation plan. And if you're not hungry enough, 
glue the compensation plan, you know, to your ceiling every single day. And when you wake up, look at every single day. Yeah. And when you get demotivated, look at the potential and the money that you can make. And if that doesn't motivate you, take your finger, push your head away and maybe walk out of the business. Because I, again, to me, I always say when you're prospecting, don't force people to like your products, find people that already like the products. Mm. When you're prospecting, don't force people to want to make a lot of money, find people that want to make a lot of money. That's a complete, like, I think a lot of people, even when they're prospecting, deplete their energy, trying to force Uncle Bob that hasn't worked out yeah. for 26 years to try to force him to look at my health shakes. Right. right. Going to find Margaret that owns a yoga studio and finding the right people that are already in the fitness yes. on this space to boom, go sell my products to. So yeah. there's always a difference between forcing and finding the right individuals. I think it's out of business. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. This is so cool. Like, because you're blowing my mind and I just thought I was going to be like, yeah, I agree right. with everything you're saying, but it's like, it's, it's blowing my mind. Right. So this is another topic I want to talk about. Cause I'm super passionate. Uh, I'm like anti anti hustle culture, right? Like you got to freaking hustle. Right. If, if you want to go get it. And, you know, I've seen you share a lot about like the, the concept of like, you gotta, t- you gotta talk to more people. Like you do have to talk to more people, right? Like yes. if I want the needle to move in my business, the bottom freaking line that I've said for eight years is it literally just comes down to that one simple thing, but we're in a season where there's a lot of influence teaching the sales world, you know, no, no, no. It's about relationship building. And it is. is. And so I'm not saying that it's not about relationship building. I'm saying you got to build a ton of relationships, Uh Uh not four, right? So like, what's the balance there? Because I think we are in this, this world right now where people don't want to hear, you know, just talk to more people. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on that? The message is this, the message is it's not this or that. And that's where salespeople, when they first start off sales, they're trying to be picky and selective. And I, and listen, I don't, I don't hound salespeople on this because I know that they've heard a message from one person, from one coach that says, work your numbers. And then they hear a message from another coach that says, no, no, it's about building relationships. And I say, listen, when you are broke and you first started freaking sales, you don't get a pick. You do both. You work your numbers and you build relationships. You do your cold market and you do your warm market. I say yes. you cannot be picky when you don't have nothing. You don't have a dollar inside of your pocket. What are you doing trying to think whether you should sell today or you should market today? No, you do both. So to me, my message has always been this. You don't pick whether you should reach out to a lot of people or whether you should build relationships. You do both. You work out yes. you reach out to a lot of people and you build relationships. Yes. You work your numbers and you don't treat your people like numbers. You treat them like humans. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I always say it's like you don't pick whether or not you want to sell today or whether you want to put out a reel. Good. Right. It. You have zero dollars in your bank account. You market today and you freaking sell today. Yeah. You're broke. You don't have the option to pick. When you don't pick, another message is this. It's like, do I find good people or do I develop good people? No, you just do both. You find great people. You do it all. People ground up. And that's why I don't like the message from some leaders where it's like this or that. Cause I'm like, no, no, no. You built your business from always doing both and figuring it out. Right. You built your business through hitting up your family and maybe that didn't work out. And then going to your cold market and then hitting up the cold market. You built up your business from finding eight players and building eight players. That's what it takes to build a business. So yeah. to me, I think the balance is this hustle your ass off. When people reply back to you, that's when you live in the present, treat that person like a human. Mm-hmm. The moment that conversation doesn't work out, boom, you go back to hustle. That's the fine balance of 
working your numbers, but not treating people like numbers. So when I see a little bit of engagement, I'm like, okay, now delete whatever your anxiety is about to happen in the future and whatever happened in the past, be fully present in this conversation with my prospect. So I can figure out who they are, what they do, what they like, and see if I have the right offer for them. And that's where I'm a little bit slowed down and my relationship building happens. Maybe on a phone call, maybe have, you know, maybe I'm not trying to relationship build over the Instagram PM, but I'm going to do that on a phone call for the first five to 10 minutes on a phone call or after a phone call, I send them over voice notes and video follow-up, et cetera. Right. So yeah, you work numbers, but you don't treat people like numbers. I, I mean, that just sums it all up. Like I was just having this conversation last night where I'm like, listen, I might, you know, boom, 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 like send out 30, 40 messages. But the second they come back, then there's this 25 messages back and forth between this, me and that one person right? developing rapport, developing the relationship, earning trust, being a human, not just me pitching a product, right? Like developing the relationship. But if you don't have the numbers on the front end, you're not going to get an opportunity to build relationships on the back end. You had something on um, your Instagram and this was a moment for me in the beginning. I was three months in, this was many years back struggling, right? Like talking to a few people like this is hard. This sucks. I don't know how people do this. And then I just switched, right? I just did a 180 and I decided to like, just talk to every freaking person I could. And I did that because I didn't like how it felt, right? I don't like failure. I don't like struggle. I don't like pain. I don't think anybody does. And so I was motivated to get out of that pain. And I was like, why don't I just talk to 25 people a day, right? Instead of three, why don't I talk to 25? The second I committed to the numbers, this is what happened. I didn't have any freaking time to get lost in the emotional part of it, Mm. right? Like I remember somebody messaging me. They were like, well, I just scrolled through my DMs and like all these people aren't messaging me back. I'm like, what? I I don't yet. Who has time to scroll through their freaking DMs to to take note of who hasn't messaged you back? If you're talking to enough people, you have so many messages coming in that that's where your focus is. So you're freaking psyched. You're hyped. You're excited about these people. And so I think people need to understand that you have to do enough to not have time to mm. think, right? I mean, yeah, honestly. Just, just the, the, the clip that you were just talking about too, because I seen that you, you just posted it was, I'm like, you only quit because you have time to think about quitting. Yes. Right? Um, and, and the, the, the prime example was this, like you, you hit it dead on because when people come up to me and they're thinking about somebody that left them on read from last week, or on the flip side, they can think about the girl that they need to close on Friday. Mm -hmm. I always say, if you know who you have to close on Friday and it's Monday, you have a freaking dead business. Why? Because the only thing that should remind you to close somebody is your calendar, your booked meetings, your, 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 your systems, your spreadsheet, but your brain should never remind you to close somebody on next Friday because that means you're just not doing enough. And if, and if I know I can see somebody's business, you know, if you remember who ghosted you, a, you have a dead business, you're not doing enough. And I always say with time becomes thinking. And when you think you're programmed to doubt, and when you program to doubt enough time, you know, obviously you end up quitting the business. I just look at it like this. I always say, if I go look at a new reps calendar and they have six hours empty throughout the day, I'm like, oh, you're in danger zone right now. Like you're about to quit the business. 
And this is the real the answer. And then they're like, well, why? Because I said, if you have six hours a day to think about your business, you have six hours a day to doubt your business because nobody encouraged you to become a multimillionaire. So when you think you go back to when you're a kid and when you go back to when you're a kid, you just go back to safety and security. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said, your program. And if you just think long enough, you dealt long enough, you dealt long enough. It's a repetitive form of habit where it's just like, okay, eventually you will quit. So I, the, the, the tactic to that is just look at your day, fill up your day. And if there's three hours open, fill it up. Yes. Just fill up the three hours with anything, whether it's like, I got to shoot a reel. I got to reach out to 13 people. So that time you don't have to think about your business. And then the person's like, well, wait, this guy's a maniac. When do I get a thing? Perfect. You schedule in time for thinking. Yeah. Yeah. a, a, A positive and proactive thinker saying, this is the time I plan and I strategize my business rather than just letting my calendar take over me. I'm going to dictate the calendar. I'm not going to let my calendar dictate me. You know? Yes, 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 yes. I always say the two things that takes everybody out of any game on any goal is overthinking and lack of time management. And the reality is if you're not managing your time, you're overthinking, right? Like you're not managing your time because you're spending time thinking you want to create a calendar that is so full that you don't have time to overthink anything. I mean, and, and as entrepreneurs, that is a, that is on us, right? It is on you. Like I know what I'm doing at eight. I know what I'm doing at eight 30. I know what I'm doing at nine. I know what I got to get done by 10. And it's like, uh, you have to light that fire under your own butt because nobody's going to do it for you. And that's how you have to stack your schedule, right? So here's what I want to talk about next, because I I know that you and I have like the same mindset, like money motivates us, right? Money has always motivated me. And for the people that like, oh, that's like fingernails on a chalkboard. I'm like, listen, I, I love when I heard, I think it was Tony Robbins say, like, if anybody tells you that like money isn't their driver, money doesn't matter. They've never had enough to give it away, right? Like it's wanting income, does not mean I am self-absorbed and just, you know, want all the fancy things. I want the fancy things and then some. I want to give back. I want freedom, you know, and money equals freedom. It gives you freedom of choice. It gives you freedom for when it hits the fan in your life and there's something going on with your family medically. You can fly there. You can hire people. You can do whatever. It's n- how can we change this narrative that uh-huh. we shouldn't want income? Well, I think you got to look at yourself first. So this is the question I think some people should ask themselves about money, their relationship with money, mm-hmm. because we know money is just an exemplifier, right? It just exemplifies people's personality. So I say, well, just take a look at your character right now first. Whatever your character is right now, if you are a jackass, I hope you don't make a lot of money because now you're going to become a wealthy jackass, right? <laughs> right? But if you are a person that gives a dime out of your dollar right now, I hope you learn how to make a lot of freaking money because when you have a million, you will give away a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand because it just exemplifies your character. And the beautiful thing is this, that, um, it also, like I always say money will change things, but never change you. It will change character. I mean, it will change the things in your life, the cars in your life, blah, blah, but it'll never change the character. So I think you got to take a snapshot in yourself and say, man, am I a person that wants to give right now? Because when I made my first commission check of five, 600 bucks, I remember the first thing I did, somebody knocked on my door that night, a homeless guy, boom, gave the guy $20, went home, boom, stuffed some money under my bed. My mom wanted a, a new purse, boom, went to buy the new purse. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to make more money. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I, the, the, I, I it, Before I even spent the dollar on myself, 
Yeah. I already gave a couple of dollars to somebody else. I said, no, I need to, I need to learn how to go make more money. So I think, uh, yes, I think money should never be a taboo topic. If you are a great character and just monitor yourself right now, it doesn't take a lot of thought. Just think of yourself right now. Like yeah. do give a dime out of my dollar right now. No. Well, maybe you got to change that up before you even go look about making a lot of money. Um, yes, but, but, but to me, I think, you know, making a lot of money is a great thing. If you give back your money right now, I don't think yeah. there's no, again, I think we were programmed again to not talk about money, not go up to people when they have money. I was just always a curious human being, whoever had money. Uh, I was the person that said, you know, you could just see it when you're young. If a nice car drives by, you know, some friends will be like, oh man, that person's just so lucky or what a rich person, that first person must be an asshole. And to me, I'm just like, well, whoever that person is, I want more of that. So I'm going to hold open that guy's car and be like, dude, how do you drive this 458 Ferrari? What the yeah. heck do you want to, that is that you do? Cause I want to, you know, better understand. And another thing is I would love for people that are great to make a lot of money to understand that, you know, there's a lot of things in life that now you become desensitized to, which is cars. Yes. Houses, uh, and now you actually care about people's character. So now you're not just flashed by somebody right. making a lot of money. You now give a shit about who the person is behind the yeah. car, not just the car. You give a shit about, oh, how did this person, like, you don't, I've been in, in the last month, I've been in so many of my rich friends' houses, so many of their nice cars, and you don't even look at that stuff anymore. Right, you right. You more about the person sitting in front of you because you have it all now. So it doesn't flash you anymore. So now you're able to build deeper relationships. Yes. Not flash by materialistic things. And I think that's what people don't see before you get there. You don't see it before you get there, right? Like that right. shift is such a beautiful shift. You know, when you all of a sudden... And I, I remember my husband, like, you know, I'm just driven, 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 can't stop, won't stop. You know, I, I finish one thing and then I'm building something else. And he's like, babe, we don't need any more. Like, and he was just kind of asking me, like, husband to wife, like, why, like, do you feel the need to keep building and building? And he's coming from a provider standpoint, like thinking about our family and, you know, college and all the things that we need for the long run. And he's like, we're good. Like we are good for, from here on out. And I was like, yeah, but it's not about that. Like, I, I don't even think about us anymore. Like, thank God, you know, I'm so blessed, but like, that's not the driver anymore. The driver is what else can we do for the world? Like, you know, it's any, I believe anything is possible. And it's like, how can we truly, at first it was a legacy for our children, but then you hit a certain place and you're like, I can leave a legacy for the world. I think it's about the ripple effect too. It's like, you know, if we go to empower a hundred thousand salespeople or entrepreneurs or network marketers, one of the cases, like the ripple effect is massive on that. So I always have faith in the ripple effect because I know I can't reach physically a billion people. But if I can get to 10 million, 20 million, yeah. 100 million, those 100 million can get me to a billion people, right? So 100%. having the faith in the ripple effect too is, you know, what drives us. And I think also potential. Like I think top performers always just feel like, what's the potential inside? Yes. Of me? Like, how can I just keep pushing this thing? Yes. And sometimes it's an unexplainable factor to human beings. Like some humans just won't understand that, like, you're just want to push to see your potential. Yeah. Like, I think some people have that and some people don't. I, I'm a person that always says like, if I did this, what would happen? Like, right. can I do this? Okay, let's try it right now. You know, yeah. a little bit of courage. Maybe I don't have the confidence to do it, but I have the courage because you don't always don't need confidence to do things. I think you need more courage. 
Because when people chase confidence, it's almost like a failing formula. It's like, yeah. you, know, you just don't get confidence out of nowhere. You chase courage out of the ability to do something that you don't know what your results it's going to yield, but you do it anyhow. And in that path, you develop some sort of confidence, right? So I think it's about being courageous. And I'm always like, all right, let me be courageous enough to try this thing out. I don't know if it's going to work out, but boom, let's just run in that build, that fight, yeah. that burning building and uh, let's see if it's going to work out. So I always just, I always just want to know how much I'm capable of. Yeah, same. And you just said it though, the path to finding your confidence Right. Is those courageous, you know, walking into the burning building, failing, right? Failing and being like, holy shit, I didn't die. You know, yep. you build your confidence through action. And that's something I always tell people because I remember one of my top, top, top people one time said to me, they were like, can you explain how you don't hit goals sometimes? I know everybody thinks you hit every goal, but I don't hit goals a lot of times. And they were like, you don't skip a beat. And it goes back to one of the things we were talking about. I don't have time to, to skip the beats, right? Like I'm just going, I, I got to go. But the other thing is I have done every single thing in my power. I have pulled out every stop, every strategy, every minute I've stayed up late, I've gotten up early. And if I don't hit that highest mark that I was shooting for, I'm like, there was nothing left. There was nothing I could do. And that's what so many people are missing. Mm. Most people give what 50, 60% and they wake up feeling like sh- because they don't hit their goal. It's not that you feel like shit because you didn't hit your goal. You feel like shit because you didn't give it everything you had. Right. That's, that's what feels so bad, but they're not uh, recognizing as that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think, I think it's almost like majority of people, the way I feel like feeling like shit, it's like low energy. That's the shit feeling when you have low energy, when you're like, oh, I just don't feel like I don't have the mojo today to work. I don't feel good about myself. And then I always say, okay, well, there's only two reasons why somebody has low energy. Reason number one uh, is you don't know what you want in life. So you end up working for nothing. But reason number two, the, the highest reason is you know what you want, but you don't show up as that individual every mm-hmm. single day. And by knowing who you want to be in the future and you're not being that person right yes. now, and there's no alignment to the person you want to be like and the person you are today, knowing you want to make a million dollars this year mm-hmm. and you're showing up and you're putting four hours into your business right now, right. of course, there's unalignment to the person you are right now and the yes. person you want to be in the future. And that unalignment is what creates a little bit of dissatisfaction because boom, the truth has just been revealed. Oh, shit, I'm working four hours a day, but I want to be a millionaire. So the moment you can click into the, you're not being the person that you said you want to be like, I think that's where uh, you have that unalignment of energy. And right. that's where- This is where the word energy comes from. That's where your self-esteem drops Mm -hmm. and your self-esteem is how good you feel about yourself. Your self-esteem is your energy core. So if you say you want to be a millionaire, but you're working four hours a day, you're in alignment. Your self-esteem is low, which is your energy core. Your energy core is low. Obviously your actions are low inside of life every single day. And then you could just look at your actions outside of your life where it's like, oh, you say you want to get married, but you're texting 85 women every single day. Well, what you say you want is not the person you show up to every single day. So obviously there's unalignment. Obviously your energy core is low. So anytime my energy core is low, I look at two things. Am I showing up to the person that I want to be like five years down the road? Mm. Like Daniel took Daniel out of my body five years down the road. Would he be proud of what I put in today? What I put in today. And the other thing is this. I don't think we burn out because of work or we have low energy because of work. I think we just burn out when the vision is low. So- We all know this, like work does not burn people out, physical work, 
burns people out. Meaning like, like the mental eight hours a day, oh, I'm burned out in my business. No, what burns you out is when you're working three jobs every single day, 16 hours a day, that's burnout. Yeah. But, but burnout never comes when your vision's high. Like I can go never. six days high. Yeah. When my vision is high, my energy is high. Vision's low. Absolutely. Low. So Absolutely. I would say if something's not, if your energy's a little bit whack, are you showing up to the person that you want to be like in the next five years? And number two, is the vision intact? Yes, yes, yes. And I think this is to clarify too, just such a gut check for people that are kind of in, you know, sales jobs. It's like I get a lot of people that have been in it for a while, because I've been, you know, around it for a while now. They're like, I, you know, we talk a lot about our purpose and and you know what what God's plan is for me or whatever. And the business isn't working for them. And it's like, you know, it's kind of a little tricky sometimes to decipher because sales is not everybody's calling, right? It's not everybody's purpose and path. And so at what point do we decide, I really truly believe this isn't my calling. I need to switch gears to what might be your calling. And people get really stuck there. But I think the most important thing to ask yourself is, are you freaking doing the work? Right. Because this thing isn't working. But are you showing up like a seven-figure earner every single day? What's your track record here? Because I would guess that the large majority can would have to answer that question to say, you're right, I haven't been putting in the effort. So I can't really know if this thing is or isn't for me. I agree with you. I think uh, some people have this misconception of, you know, when and if, you know, I'm like Daniel or Moira, I will, you know, go all in inside of my business and I'll have high energy. And I always say, you know, no, no, no. We got to where we are because we had high energy in the beginning and that's what yeah. drove us to where we are. So people just sometimes have in reverse, treating their business like a business, having high energy. They think they'll do that when they hit their first commission check. I'm like, listen, the only way you're going to hit your first commission check is you have it freaking now. Yeah. You don't play it in reverse. Like I had this in the beginning of my business. Yes. I had high energy now that I'm freaking great in my business. No, I had this in the beginning. Like yeah. I, I had this maybe if not more in the beginning to get me to where I had. To Absolutely. Get, right? So, yeah. um, yeah. And I just think another thing is, you know, if you don't know, if you never ran a business, well, good. Just, I always just say, just treat it like work and look, mm-hmm. did you give more respect to your part-time job than you're giving to your work right now? It's right. like, I see some people, Oh, okay. I'm an entrepreneur. Now I'm a network marketer. I can go take, you know, three hour lunches or four hour right. lunches. I'm like, you would get fire. Right. You went to go take a four or two and a half hour lunch at the bank job or at Starbucks that used to work, you would get freaking fired. Not not only would you get fired, your boss would laugh at you. You would freaking fire yourself. You would be like, what am I doing? Taking two and a half hour lunches. And then I say, if you don't know how to treat your business, like a business, just treat it like freaking work. You just show up every single day, regardless of how you feel. Again, another thing, Mm -hmm. because in business, you start getting into all your feelings. Regardless of how you feel, even if you felt like you still woke up, you still went to go serve, you still went to the bank, regardless of how you feel, nobody cared about your feelings. You didn't show up inside of the business. So too many people bring these feelings inside of business. Oh, I I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like, no, no, no. there, there is no, no. the, the, the reason why is because some people ask me, Daniel, like, you know, how do I get motivated more to sell? And I say, that's the problem right there. When I know you're asking for motivation every single freaking day to sell, this is you have treated it not like your job or not like your right. business. Yes. Because nobody had to, like, you did not have to go need to go read a book 
to go to your job and go serve. You just went to go right. serve. Yeah. I always flip it around because I work with mostly women. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me whatever, one of a million things like, well, things have just been out of whack. I've got stuff going on with the kids. And I'm like, did your husband go to work this morning? Yes. That's the way you got to treat this. Right. You know, my husband doesn't say, oh, the kids are, I'm kind of stressed. You know, he's going through some stuff at school and not show up to his freaking job. We, until we start to treat it like that. We're not going to find the success that we want. And I, and I love going back and I just want to highlight what you said earlier that I, I definitely had more fire for my vision, I think, and, and just more energy in the beginning when I had nothing. So often people are like, well, you've got, you know, the fancy trips and the great house and the income. And I'm like, I was more vocal about where I was freaking going when I had nothing. That was much easier to paint the picture to of where I was not yet, but how I was go like guns on fire. Let's freaking go. Who wants to go with me? It's not as easy to say that now. It's not as relatable. And it's just such a disconnect for people that they think they need to have the success to get the success. I'm like, wait, what? Yes, yes. I, I actually think it's like, you know, it becomes a lot harder when you become successful because now you need to tap into something else to be like, okay, what's next? Because in the yes. beginning, say, channel your brokenness and your hunger, because this Absolutely. is the best time to make money right now. And like, there was a, there was a video that I just watched recently on Instagram and it was Kobe Bryant. Okay. Before he passed away, it was Kobe Bryant and this interviewer and he, and the interviewer said, he's like, so how is it playing in the NBA? He's like, oh, the NBA was freaking easy. And the interviewer was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, oh, that was like taking candy from a baby. And he's like, how so? It's an NBA. How's this guy saying the NBA was like taking candy from a baby? And then he's like, well, yeah. He's like, you know, when, when I was, you know, before the NBA, playing before the NBA, before players got paid, everybody was hungry as hell. Mm. And when people come inside of the NBA, everybody started making money. They got a new Mercedes Benz. They got a house. He's like, the energy kind of shifted. People started getting a little yeah. bit more comfortable. He's like, when I seen that, I'm like, oh, they're not as hungry as when they used to be when they were in college and high school. This is going to be freaking simple. Yes. So, so it's like, you got to channel in right now, your hunger and your brokenness or whatever the case is, because that's, what's going to take you to level one is kind of like you almost having to prove yes. uh, to, to, to yourself and to people. And I think it's everything. It's not, I don't like what it's like. I think everything should stem as a sense of you wanting to be inspired to work. I think you got to prove it to the world. You got to prove it to yourself. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of everything. Some people are like, are you motivated by haters? Are you motivated by people that doubted you? No, I'm motivated by everything. I want to make yeah. sure I myself right. I prove other people wrong. It's a little bit of everything. It's a yeah. sprinkle of everything, right? It's not one or the other. I love that. I love that. And I always say that about vision, right? Like you've got to have an, a vision that's kind of diverse enough that sometimes, you know, going to Bora Bora is like, get me out of this freaking house and get me to Bora Bora. Like that's the thing that's driving me. Then the next week I've been traveling every single weekend for the last three months. I'm like, I just want to freaking stay home. So yeah. if the only thing on my vision board was Bora Bora, I wouldn't work, you know? So it's, it's gotta be like multifaceted. You gotta pull, you gotta figure out how to pull the different levers mm. to find that motivation within yourself. I love your analogy about the NBA. Cause my son's a big basketball player and we went, we always go to a pro game every year and Every single time we go, it's obviously during basketball season. So I go from like high school travel basketball that is scrappy as all get out, so much anxiety, so physical. Yeah. And then we go watch the NBA and they're just like, shot, 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 shot. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. defense. There, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. very little physicality. 
And I'm like, these guys were born in their high school years. Like these guys were built in their high school years. Like, and I'm not saying that they aren't amazing, you know, like I bowed down to any of them at that level, but they, what got them there was the, the years, you know, behind the curtain, you know, you know what it is. I'll tell you what it is. This is life, uh, business and sports. It's always a work at the game. Okay. So it's a work at the game. So it's a numbers game until it becomes a skills game. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's the college game, that hunger, and now you're getting better. So now it's a skills game. Same thing with sales. You're going to work your ass off. Now you're getting better. And now you start to make a little bit more money. And then here's the wrap up of this. It's a numbers game till it becomes a skills game. And then it becomes both. And those are the people that shine out. And then some people, usually they get the numbers up, the skill goes up, then the numbers goes down. And that's what's true. So it's always a numbers game. Then it becomes a skills game. And then if you really want to be the both, uh, be the best, you double down on both. Yes. Right? Yes. Some then I think pop the numbers after they get the skills. Yeah. And I think what happens for in a lot of people and I, I hit that place where I was like, okay, like I kind of have what I wanted, you know, I, I acquired all the things and then I started to lose that motivation. Right. Mm. So I had the skill, but the numbers started to go down and, and this is where I want people to never live, you know, outside your means or above your means, but you've got to dream big enough. So we put the contract down on this beach house that we now live in. And I was like, my pants, (laughs) you know, like we, I had hit the top of the company, all the things. And I was kind of experiencing that burnout. But what you just said earlier is I wasn't experiencing burnout. I was just like, not that motivated. So my energy was down, right? I started to take my foot off the gas a little bit. And then I will never forget having this long conversation with somebody at corporate about like, what does this income look like in the future? Like, where's it going? What can I expect? Because we just put this contract down. The last thing he said to me after an hour was, I think this house is going to be the best thing that ever happened to your business because I got to freaking work. I was like sweating it, you know, and I was like, holy what did we just lock ourselves into? Uh-huh. And I put my foot on the gas and that's when I became number one in the company, literally wow. on the heels of holding myself to a higher standard, demanding more from myself. And so we have to, we got to search our minds and our hearts for like, what is our next level? You and I, we've got the cars, we've got the house, we've got the stuff, but there's a greater level. There's a greater level to give. There's a greater, greater level to serve, to impact all of those things. And then that becomes what drives you. But you got to dig deep on that. Yeah. You know, I think number one is nobody's going to create pressure for us, but ourselves, Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, I think time's a big one. Like if I need to, if I need to hit a goal, I just compress time. So, uh, the time in which you give yourself to complete something, you will take up that whole time duration. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a studio right now, I'm like, boys, let's record courses right now for an hour. I will Mm -hmm. use that whole hour. But if I say, Hey, let's be in here for 20 minutes and record courses. Boom. I'm in there for 20 minutes yeah. for courses and I'm out. So I always say the time in which you give yourself to hit a goal, you will take up that whole time frame. So to me, if somebody wants, if somebody doesn't feel like they have enough pressure, cause nobody's going to fire you, pressure you to go hit your goal, especially right. if you're network marketing, give yourself your own pressure. Look at the goal at the end of the month. If it was a $5,000 goal, boom, chop it within two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because yes. now there's only two things that happens. If you shorten the time frame of when you hit the goal, like think of the goal at the end of the year, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Perfect. Hit it by July 1st. Yes. Yes. Because if you do that, you, you have to do both things. You have to increase your work, work ethic, and you have to increase your creativity. So you yes. gotta be like, shit, I got to work harder. And how the hell am I going to get here? So I yeah. always say, 
Daniel, nobody's going to give you pressure. So half the goal right now, you wanted to make this by the end of the week, make it in the middle of the week. Yes. Pressure is such a freaking gift. And that's where you truly start to unlock other levels, right? Like you unlock ideas and thoughts and strategies Mm. and you think of people that you haven't thought about in five years, but if the, if the goal, if the pressure is hard enough, you just unlock all kinds of things and you start to execute in a way that you haven't been executing in. Yep. I, I love that. And I, I kind of want the audience to take away, like as an entrepreneur, you should be feeling pressure every freaking day. And mm-hmm. if you're not, we got a problem, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Agree with you. Uh, I oh. love it. Yes, yes, yes. I think in all the best ideas and breakthroughs, just like you said, is when we are working the most, we are doing the most, we come up with the best concepts when we're under the most pressure, you just don't get it by thinking and sitting down. And that's a, like some people think they're going to come up with the biggest breakthrough idea by just staring at a blank wall. And I said, listen, the best ideas that we've ever got in life, when, when you were on a Zoom call, your physiology was, when you were running and you were working out, boom, an idea clicked. I can't even like every time I run every single morning, it's my best ideas come when my physiology is moving. Absolutely. I'm like, sort of breath. I'm like, oh, I want to voice note this to myself so, <laughs> make sure I don't miss this idea. It doesn't come. Like I had a couple ideas right now, just on a zoom call. Yes. Like them out right now. Cause I'm in flow. I'm in action. I'm, yeah. in motion. I'm moving. So I tell people you want to get better ideas. You want to have breakthroughs, do shit. as weird as yeah. it sounds, get out, go do something, go yeah. work, go for a run, go shower your best breakthroughs. When you were showering, your body was not yes. right. A so thousand percent. I mean, you got to get funny. working. You got to get moving. Yes. I mean, physiology is so, so key. It's so everything. And I'm the same way after a workout. I had somebody show up in my DMs the other day. They were like, do you ever do the cool down? Because the second I finished, I'm like, just like talking into my phone. And I'm like, I do, but I, I, I have to talk like right now in the moment, like it's there. And even today, I mean, my brain feels like it's going to freaking explode today. Right. I've recorded a million podcasts. I've got a live event this weekend. Like I'm feeling like, like anxiety, almost pressure. It's just a tough week. You know, I'm like, it's a tough yeah, week. Next week won't be like that. And on the drive home, I was like, cause I have to write a keynote speech too. And it's just downloading. It's just freaking downloading, you know? And I'm like trying to, you know, voice it into my phone. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't expect. I, th- I, I was stressed about like, shit, I got to write that keynote too. And I was like, I'm going to have to do that next week. When does it come to me? It just comes. It comes right. in the moment of the chaos. Yes. You know? Love it. Love it. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. This is just, it's just life in general. You stay focused on your task. You meet the right people and you find the right things on the way. It's like, you know, I think when majority of people are trying to seek certain things, it's almost like you just work hard and you attract those certain things inside of your life. You know, yes. you attract the right idea. You attract the right girl or guy inside of your, inside of your life. You focus on you, you focus on making money. You attract the, the, the right people inside of your life. But anyways. Absolutely. Oh my God. I knew this was going to be magic. This is so fun. You're freaking awesome. I mean, you, I, I can't even, you mentioned Daniel in five years, like, holy shit. I can't even imagine like where you're going to be. I mean, tell me that let's wrap with that. Like what I'm going to ask you two questions. Where do you, where are you going? Number yes. one. And how do you define success? I will be doing the exact same shit I'm doing now, just on a bigger scale. Like, yeah. like, you know, when somebody asked me like, you know, man, so what are you up to this year? I'm like, same shit I was probably up to last year, building up my sales companies. I have some sales agencies, scaling that out, doing a lot more trainings, uh, you know, writing a few best-selling books in the next few years, uh, you know, just traveling a lot more around the world, reaching places that nobody's ever reached with their trainings, uh, you know, scaling out all my trainings in different languages, 
Um, and then I think, what, what was the second question? Second question is how do you define success? Uh, by somebody's character of who they are. I think the character inside of an individual defines somebody's success because some people can have a lot of money, but again, uh, their character is just very um, dissatisfying. So I think to, I think success is defined by you living a joyful and happy life and you just being a nice person to other people. So whatever that looks like for somebody, you won the game of life. Cause I think, you know, just being joyful and being happy and making other people happy. I just think you lived a good life and that's it. You know, and if you make money on the way, boom, it's a bonus. And if you can help other people make it, boom, it's a bonus. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the becoming, right? Like I remember being real clear on that in the beginning that it was like, I think they asked me for like a quote, one of the first years I was at the top and it was, you know, it wasn't about like, I can't remember the exact quote, but something about like, it's not about the end game. It's not about the goal. It's not about the reward. It's the, the reward is who I became on that journey, mm-hmm. that hustle journey that-, that nobody can take away. Nothing. And like the tearful nights that break you down, like that's where you're built. That's where you're built. I always say this. I always say the number one thing that like just freaking amps me up inside of life. Like the biggest thing that makes me so excited as to why I'm so confident is because you can never take away me. So, and like you could take away money, cars, anything, Mm -hmm. but you can never take away like, you know, my skill set that I built, the hunger that I have, the energy that I have. You can never strip Daniel G away from me. And that makes me most energetic. That to me makes me most freaking confident. That's why I have the fire. Cause I'm like, I can never lose. Cause if you can never take that away from me, then I never lose. You can never strip away for somebody. Right. So that's what makes an individual confident knowing that the internal skill sets is something that can never be stripped because anything external can always be stripped, but something internal can never be stripped. Right. So anyways, so good. So good. So fun. Well, Daniel, thank you from the bottom of my heart for your time. Like my audience is just gonna like, just eat this up. I cannot wait for this episode to drop. Um, thank you. Likewise, thank you, likewise. you know what? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to say one thing before we, we end this episode. Yeah. Uh, this was a very fun podcast just because you know what you're talking about. You know how to ask the right questions. And there was a perfect, you know, energy flow that this was yeah. one of my more fun times on a podcast. Good. Just perfect energy. And I think it serves the audience a lot more. So this was a very fun time. So I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I had a blast. Thank you so much. And guys, we will see you next week. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us. And share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes. And we will see you next week.